Hello friends, welcome once again to the Frank County Podcast. It's the best kind of podcast, kind of is my kind of podcast, and it's your kind of podcast. So it's time for the podcast, so let's start the podcast right now! <laughs> Episode 150. Whoa. Okay, also, I feel like we have, uh, uh, this very special date has come and gone, and we probably didn't even think about it or were aware of it. Didn't we just pass a two-year anniversary? No, no, we're not there yet. Oh, should I be getting excited <laughs> soon? Yeah, Aren't we right up. around the corner? I think it's September. I okay. think so. Wait, you're probably right. Because when this airs... You're right. It could be the... This is our anniversary! Happy anniversary! <laughs> <laughs> two years. Oh. Two. And you don't look a day over one and a half. <laughs> two years. That was of a great joke. Brains. <laughs> two years of candy. And a hell of a lot of wine. <laughs> oh my God. What if they. We should have saved all of the. Oh my God! We really missed. We missed so many golden <laughs> opportunities here. If I could do it all, if somebody were like, "Do you have regrets?" I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Here's what I regret: Yeah, we should have saved every cap and every uh, bo- uh, uh, cork, cork to every bottle of wine that we'd shared on the show, and then done a guess how many are in the jar contest for how many we had to drink for two years of surviving a podcast. Yeah, slash having fun on a podcast and then the winner would have gotten something right how about we just have a winner for if they guess something else okay what should it be maybe we could do like a trivia they could fill it out on oh, um yes our facebook page like a brain candy trivia okay let me write okay. this down okay okay okay, okay. okay. we got now plans we're going somewhere. <laughs> i mean our two our two year anniversary we we we, we got a plan. We have to have... Okay, trivia. I'm putting about as much effort into this anniversary as I do my own anniversary. <laughs> so. Well, so if we do trivia from, like, the show, yeah. like, then they can't even Google it because right. it, they'd have to go back and you listen. You have to listen. So you either have to be, like, a diehard supporter. So, like, some... Like, if I were to ask, what is the most hilarious fringe porn... Mm-hmm. That Susie and Sarah featured in an episode way back when. Fringe porn. Fringe porn. Like fetish, but fringe fetish. Do you know what it is, Susie? Does it involve animals? No. <laughs> oh, I, of course, no. Okay, good. Yeah, is that a question on yeah. there? It should be. Or is that a sample? That's we a can... sample. That's a sample. The answer is quicksand. quicksand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Okay, okay, we're doing this now. Okay, it'll be a thing. We'll put it up on our Facebook page. There was one person in our book club who, when we had trouble on our live event, emailed and was like, I couldn't go to your Facebook to watch the, you know, the Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. replacement version because I don't have Facebook. Good for her. And I was so jealous. Yeah. Neither is my husband. Really? Really. Okay. Let me tell you my theory. Okay. I have a theory. They're up to no good. And I, this no. does not apply. <laughs> this does not apply to the gal in the book club. I mm-hmm. don't. Because she might have Twitter and Instagram. We don't right. know. But Landon has Instagram. Yes. Does he have Twitter? No. Okay. In general, 
people that have no presence in social media, no Instagram or yeah. limited, yeah. no Facebook or like barely, no Twitter or barely. My younger brother. Oh, they have nothing. Jordan has is like no footprint on no tech. No. Uh, he's uh, an outlier because I think his is because he doesn't like the man. Correct. But most of the people that I know that are in that camp have a secret. Uh huh. And most of them, it's that they're closeted gay people. <gasps> the, in my oh, experience, I'm not talking because to, they don't want. You're right. They don't want to screw up life's... and reveal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because all it would take is for you to like a few things on Instagram for people to be like, wait. Uh-huh. You like leather chaps? Right. Well, I look over my husband's shoulder when he's looking on Instagram like any jealous, uh, you know, wife often does because I'm like crazy like that. Mm-hmm. And um, there aren't any, uh, you know, weird latex fetishes that come up, so I think I'm okay. Well, that's encouraging. That is. That makes me feel better. But he's well, definitely not on Facebook. He's not on Facebook, he's not on Twitter, and he's barely on... Instagram. Yeah, because the only stuff he posts on Instagram is usually, like, wine Uh, bottles. Wine bottles. And uh, he's on there all the time, though. Keep this theory in mind. I will. As your marriage progresses. Yeah, you know, if he lets me know that he likes the dudes, I'll be like, should have known on your Instagram. (laughs) Susie told me. Susie told me. No, No, he does say that it's because he's in and has a high-level position in a company. They all have have an excuse. Uh... (laughs) And that his dumbass friends would tag him in pictures of him doing dumbass stuff. That's true of all of us. Yeah. So, and this is not about Landon. Okay. So let's just make it more general. Yeah. Oh, everyone that I know who is weird about, including like Tim Beggy is very weird about social media. Uh-huh. This is a guy, if you don't know, he's on Road Rules 2. I dated for him for a while. He's not a closeted gay person, but he is extremely yeah. weird and is not on social media, doesn't like it. And I think I know why. And I think that people generally have a secret. It might be that they're gay. It might be something else. In his case, it's not that he's gay. He's right. super straight. But but there, I think that I know what the reason is. So I want to know if you guys agree. Because everyone has people in their life, not old people, because they don't right. get technology. Right. But like, if you're either Generation X or younger... And mm-hmm. you're like, nope, I'm not on social media and I hate mm-hmm. it and I'm da-da-da-da-da. Be honest with yourself. You got a secret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sarah's. And I'm like, so mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I'll give you examples when we're off the air because oh, then wait. you'll be like, oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, that's my theory. Oh, it's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> it's totally undocumented in terms of science or evidence at all. Uh, I'll share with you a fact that is documented by science. Let's hear it. So you know about those things called chainsaws? (laughs) I just actually blew a booger out of my nose. (laughs) It actually took me a minute. Yeah, I know about this. Yeah, you you know chainsaws? Yes. Do you know what they were first invented for? Let me think. I don't know. I'll give you a gigantic hint. It's not cutting down trees. That's not a gigantic hint. It was implied because if it were, you wouldn't be asking. Right. That's not even a hint. I would say, is it related to iron work? No. What is it? It's related to surgery. 
Oh my God, bones. It was originally used. So it was originally developed in the, uh, their early. The um, rib cage? No. I'm going to quick guess. It's worse. What, Sarah? It was used in operations to deliver babies and things like that in gyne- early gynecology. And it was called, let me get the What right are you it. talking I know, about? I and why would either. you jump in after I just had this fun theory? Because <laughs> <laughs> so, so I heard this and I was like, oh my God, I'll never, I can't even believe it. So it was originally called Christ. an osteotome and it was used in cutting of a woman's pelvic bone to prevent her from having a miscarriage. So like basically cutting bone, but human bone. And it was like, they also named it a flexible saw and early writings in the 17 in like the most early mention of this is a a medical book from 1786. Why are you saying these words? People (laughs) with chainsaws. Can you believe that? It was smaller. So it's imagine like a knife, that was like a chainsaw. Yeah. And they like, called it a flexible knife so that you could It's cut like into a bone. carving knife on Thanksgiving. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But with a, a chain that went around it. Yeah. To cut so into bone. Sarah. So I'm sure they did that. And also, I think anesthesia came after this. This is what I mean. Yeah. There's no way a person could survive that level of pain. I agree. Because you'd black out. I, w- I agree. It also says it had Ugh, lengths of a, a chain carrying small cutting teeth with the edges set at an angle. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, and orthopedists were using it in the 1830s. Guys, what if Whew. on our two-year anniversary is the day I quit this show? <laughs> because because like, that's it. Disgusting. And we've reached the bottom of the barrel <laughs> on information we can share. I heard this on NPR. On so it's like who was talking about it it was a question on wait wait don't tell me one of my favorite shows and they were they um uh had jeffrey tambor on there yeah and i always like how they do puns with names so because his last name's tambor they did things about the timber industry i would think they would do tambourine right that's where i thought they were going gonna go with but i guess there are less exciting facts about maracas than they are about chainsaws i guess so (laughs) So they said this and they gave him like an abc you know which option like what was the first invention of the chainsaw and i was like there's no way it's for Bodies. I love how I'm like, is it iron work? Is it iron work? I'm like, no. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that with us today. Uh, I would like to share that. <laughs> Where do you go from here? <laughs> something not as disgusting. Okay. That's nice. Have you seen BioClarity's new packaging? No. No, I'm jealous. Yeah, you should be because I got it in the mail and I was like, oh. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I already thought it looked nice and clean and cute to begin with. It's even better. It's so cute. And what? I'm genuinely excited. She is right now. And now I feel like left out. Like there's all all like. I was saving it. Gosh. What? What? So on the Brain Candy Crush, which is our Facebook, I guess you'd call it a fan page, but you know, like our friends are there. Our buddies. Um, Some people tried BioClarity and their only complaint was that it was not. There wasn't enough moisture. Oh, didn't I you feel, even say that? I feel like I, I would like a little, but even the Floralux is like a little. But I need like yeah. a little extra because you know I'm getting old. Well, <laughs> right, right. We're aging, and we need white the- does crack people. <laughs> <laughs> they real hard added a fourth step moisturizer. Yeah, and it's they needed that heaven in a bottle. I'm gonna have to borrow some. 
Yes. I can't wait to try. Oh my god. I know. I have to. I I, I have to like Google what it looks like because now I want to see it. I have some. I'll show it to you too. I'm dying. It's so awesome, and. You guys all know I love BioClarity because I have troublesome skin. And if you do, this is the, the product for you because it is soothing to your skin. The grants, the grant, the green stuff in plants uh, is what they use for Floralux that Sarah mentioned. Mm-hmm. But it's non abrasive. If you go to bioclarity.com, our listeners will get a first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping, which is a $20 savings. And it comes with a 100% risk free money back guarantee. But you need to enter our code Brain Candy. Mm. Bioclarity.com, enter our code Brain Candy. It's finally an acne treatment that works, and it yes, looks super cute. I have to have this moisturizer. I know. You're so jealous. Licorice root, chlorophyll, argon, floralux, chamomile. Bring your skin in balance while delivering vitamin A, vitamin E, antioxidants, lock and moisture. Okay. Uh, sign me up. I want that. I okay, know. Done, done. I know. So if you tried it and you were like, I like it, but I just need some more moisture. Hey, look at their website. That's me. <gasps> I'm on their BioClarity community picture. See, this is, you know what? This Seuss, reminds you're me. You're probably on You know what, too. Sarah? <laughs> this reminds me. The last, I don't know, four times that I went out with Sarah, it is like I am goddamn Jan Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's Marcia, like, Marcia, Marcia. oh my God, Sarah, I love your tattoo sleeve. I love your hair. You look so pretty. You're glowing. What's... And she's like, oh my God, BioClarity. I know. And everyone, I mean, I'm sure they think I'm going to... Secretly. Mm-hmm. No, but it is like Marsha, 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 because I'm sick of living in your shadow. Well, it's only the smooth skin shadow because... It's not. I'm it's- living in the shadow of your tit, so there you go. And that's an actual shadow. <laughs> literally. <laughs> what if you literally <laughs> It's living. like Eclipse. <laughs> this boob. Just- yeah, but that's not the same. I mean, god I damn it, Sarah. Just drink a lot of water. I cannot believe you're... Uh- I should have known you'd be on the website. I didn't even mean to. It was an accident. BioClarity, if you're listening, <laughs> damn it. We love you. And we love how you've made Sarah's skin real clear. Susie's skin real shiny and clear and beautiful. Yeah, I love it too. But I mean, show me some love for Pete's I'm really going to like this new moisturizer. Remember when I told you about that guy I dated who um, we played Trivial Pursuit and the answer to the question was Saki? <gasps> Tell everybody what he said. It was like, said. what's a Japanese rice wine? And we didn't, I, I can't remember if we oh didn't know God. or what happened, but he goes, nope, sake. <laughs> like he's all, I love how he like <laughs> wanted to mansplain you the answer and yeah. then like said it real confidently, but then said, you know what I did that with? I, it was my first year playing fantasy football and you're not even going to think this is a big deal, but people out there will. Um, I was saying... Martellus Bennett and giving him a fancy last name like Martellus Bennett, Martellus Bennett, and Lynn's like it's Martellus Bennett, and I was like giving him a funky last name and like had a million conversations with football guys pronouncing his last name like <laughs> like I'm fancy and I've like been saying Lisa it Bonet. wrong, yeah, and it's like that. I'm just like no. That's that. interesting though. How the and then brain... they like giggle and they were like, oh, I was like trying to make him fancier because like. Seems I like a fancy t- guy. totally relate to that because my brain does weird things with words too, especially when it's written in the way that another word should be. So I'm like, yeah, that's how it would be said if it were. Would you call him Ben Bennett? And it's Bennett. 
One time I was approaching but he's the greatest, so. a ticket taker on the turnpike. I don't know if you guys have. Say that ten times fast. <laughs> Stop it. You know, do you guys have turnpike ticket takers? All right. Pennsylvania turnpike. It's basically a toll road. Mm-hmm. And you there's a sign as you approach the toll booth. And it says, stop, get ticket. And I thought, if I stop, I'm going to get a ticket. Like a, like a. Stop, get ticket. (laughs) And that is just one example of the millions of times my Uh brain has betrayed me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how am I going to grab what I need or throw her the money or whatever? You're already setting me up to fail. (laughs) Uh, I'm like speeding through the toll booth. But oh, the really brain funny. plays tricks on you. Mm-hmm, sure does. I just was on a boat a little while ago, and now it's been, no joke, three or four days since I've been on the boat, and I still oh. feel like I'm on a boat, Suze. Yeah. And I even looked up ways to get rid of it, and they were like, take a long walk. I'm like, I already did that. And they said, the only other thing is sometimes a doctor can prescribe you, believe this one, Klonopin. No. That will maybe help. But besides that, there's not. You could have some, there's another weird, I didn't even want to click on what. Like I, a permanent thing. Yeah, like something that it, it, it becomes more serious. You have probably you ever have taken this. a cruise? Yes. I've been on boats a million times. I've never had this before. But if I sit and, like I was in was therapy yesterday. Was it choppy yesterday. water? Or yes. Oh. Really choppy. And I was in a, a therapy yesterday and I felt like I was like getting dizzy. Like sitting there just sitting in a chair looking at a person the whole time was making me like. Well, you seasick. know I got clonopin over here. Well, you know. So I'm happy to share. Right, get me straightened out. Walking on land again. (laughs) Your sea legs. By walking on clouds. Your land legs. (laughs) By walking on clouds. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, what should we talk about today? Oh, well, I already talked about my uh, chainsaw gynecology. Chainsaw. Well, tell me about... Because you were going to talk about the... Yeah. Yeah. Well, this led me into, because this has been, you know, in the news, we've been hearing a lot about uh, statues that maybe, not maybe, absolutely do represent a... Um, maybe like a moral ideal or, or a message that is a freaking dark period in history. And maybe we have statues up of people that we don't even know the history about this individual and why this went up. So I was, uh, uh, looking at, um, broadly.com. Have you heard of that? No. Did you see that? It's with Vice does a lot of, posts a lot of articles through there. And this one was on, um... Oh, now I have to get the right hospital. I want to say it's the University of Michigan, but that's I don't I think that's wrong. Um, but there are statues. There was a a, a um, statue of a famous gynecologist. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, US, New York Academy of Medicine. Great. So outside the New York Academy of Medicine, there is a 
statue commemorating, a bronze sculpture commemorating um, one of the founding fathers of gynecology, they call this guy. And on August 19th, four black women went to the statue and posed for a photo in front of it, donning hospital gowns that were splashed with red paint around their pelvic area in order to shine some light on the practices of this individual who has a statue in this Mm -hmm. garden. And he was a 19th century early gynecologist who was basically doing these inhumane experiments on African-American women who were slave women. Yeah, that's the key. Yes, slaves. slaves. Yeah. And he was making deals with, like, paying off slave owners and saying, I'll provide your slaves with room and board, and I'll take them off your hands, and they'll be my, you know, and I'll pay you for it if you let me experiment on them. Mm -hmm. And so all of these uh, gynecological surgeries that that were uh, coming about at the time that they were, quote-unquote, researching, were all being, basically using these women, people as dummies to do experiments on. Yeah, it's horrific. Horrific. And if you ask me, that should definitely go down. That's I should I don't think that that I don't think we should I'm fine with that. Take yeah. freaking take down the Cuz I mean, I get that. You know what? I got to be honest with you, Sarah. Yeah. I say take down all I statues. I agree. I agree. I totally agree. I totally totally Einstein. Take him down. Mr. Rogers. I don't care. I don't care either. Because if you're going to, I don't, because. Why are we idol worshiping? I totally am with you on that one. And then there was, I was just watching this uh, clip that was put up on, it's kind of been floating around Twitter and places like that about the history of when all these statues went up and how you saw a huge um Boom in the number of statues that went up right after Jim Crow era laws were passed and right after Civil War right. stuff. As, uh, no, or, civil uh, rights. Civil rights. Sorry, civil rights. That's what I meant. Civil rights uh, movement as a, almost a pushback of like, oh, yeah, but don't forget. Da, 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 and I hate all of it. Yeah, and they were mass produced. Yes. And because that people were like, how are they coming down so easily? Uh, well, because they're, they're very garbage. flimsy yeah. and they're designed via a mass production situation and we're oh, just I'm sure we're going to get letters about this one. I doubt it. Really? Cuz what are we saying that's not accurate? Right. Zero. Zero. And if seriously, if you idolize anything about the Confederacy or Robert E. Lee or anything, you're listening to the wrong show. Cool. Yeah. Although, I hope you can learn something cuz that is sad. I do think though that putting people literally on a pedestal as is the case with statues is setting yourself up for failure because people are flawed Mm -hmm. you know yes boy oh boy i think that's the biggest point that that's really important to remember is that your favorite person in the whole world was flawed absolutely yeah there's not a single person who is just perfect. It's, it's, That's, I mean, I read, um, or I interviewed, as you know, Jane Elliott recently, who is the creator of the blue eye, brown eyes, blue yes. eyes, bla- brown eyes exercise. 
She started in her third grade class the day after Martin Luther King was murdered. And Mm. it was to simulate racism using a technique, by the way, that Hitler used, which was eye color. And uh, gave preference to brown-eyed people. Mm -hmm. And it is fascinating. You should watch the videos. I'll put them in the newsletter. But she talks about this whole situation with you know the confederacy and and the rewriting of history and all of that and i mean we have a lot to learn a lot absolutely uh even at my own school um there was a protest back in 2015 i believe it was where uh a group of students got together yeah it was in 2015 and they were protesting busts that were around campus because they were all of white people. Everything, everybody who was there, it was like kind of racist, homophobic, classic, or classist, and ethnocentric. Everybody there was, or every bust that they chose, like the founding fathers of the school, blah, 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 blah. It was like a walk down the aisle. Like if you're a minority person and you were walking down that row of all those busts looking at you it's basically by surrounding surrounded by people who would have enslaved your own relatives right that's the whole problem yeah is that because people say well you're erasing history this is a part of our history what are you doing but please just read books in fact that's what jane said is like read one book a month one book a month that you disagree with. Ooh. Whoa. She said she does that one book a month. And she's like, Man, most people don't even read one book a month that they agree with. True. But they should. Yep. And they should also read... Because she's like, how can you fight against something if you don't even know what it is? You have to. Every now and then, I was just telling Susie this at lunch, I click on Fox News to just kind of yeah. like... I need to... I just want to know... Often so you can speak speak in the same language like sometimes words or phrases or uh they're like buzzwords that are happening in one community or one group that don't really translate to another so they're become like i didn't know what the word snowflake meant until like a week or two after that became a thing because it wasn't part of i wasn't seeing that because i wasn't watching fox news talk about snowflakes yeah whatever you know and then i was like wait a sec now I'm like, oh, right, okay, yeah, okay, okay, got it. <laughs> got it. I'm, I'm that, okay, or whatever you want to call me. All this uh, talk makes me thirsty. <sighs> For one thing and one thing Let's only. cheers. Cheers. We have a little white wine today. Yeah, oh, it's the best. Mm-hmm. Mm. If you need some wine, because yes. I think we all need a little wine these days. We recommend Wink.com because if you're going to the store and thinking, oh, I'm going to look at these labels and pick a wine based on that, you're going to get a big pile of garbage. Yeah. Instead, you should leave it to the experts. You take a quiz, let them know the types of flavors you enjoy, what types of foods, what types of drinks you enjoy in general, and they'll be able to pair wine to your specific palate. And... They're offering our listeners $20 off your first order when you go to wink.com slash brain candy. And they'll ship it to your door and you'll so be nice when it a happy camper. That's what we're doing right now. 
Even when and we're talking about the Confederacy. Who cares? So what? The bottles that they've got also have beautiful labels on them, too. Well, that's the thing. It's I was like, just thinking about that. I'm like, I would pick some of these bottles based on their label. Yeah, I mean, a good label doesn't necessarily mean it's garbage, but you just have no way of knowing if you're not in the industry or an expert or whatever. And, like, if you're wondering what what is this whole quiz, sometimes they ask you, like, a, a sample question. They say, first question they ask, how do you like your coffee? Strong and black, yeah. mild but nothing in it, cream and or sugar frappuccinoed or you don't like coffee yeah so they can kind of go from there how do you feel about salt blah blah blah, blah right so he's like i, I put love it, it. On everything if they sent me a wine bottle filled with salt i'd be like thank you so he's like uh can i get some salt in the salt <laughs> salt needs a little salt if someone gave me like a salt lick you know that you feed deer yep i'd be like how did you know? I did give you. I brought you back oh, a yeah. gift from Peru. And what I give you? Salt. A bag of salt. And she's like, how did you know? And I'm I like, know. I just guessed. <laughs> um, speaking of salt, uh, there's. What segue is this? This is not right. Going to be? I just happened to be watching this. Um, there's a great show called Hung's World. This um, chef. Oh, what the heck is his first name? Oh, did you send Hung? that to me? Did somebody, I? Somebody. Oh, my God. Somebody separate sent it to you? Yeah. It's a great show. They, they, is this about a chef or a magician? A chef. Okay, never mind. Oh, okay, <laughs> but either way, it's hilarious. I I'm love dying. it. Okay, I'll go on. I'm sorry. Uh, so he <laughs> goes to, he kind of like um, talks about political and social things that are happening at the time, but uh, through the, through the, Lens. Lens of like food and the food. Um, I like that. Culture. Food Love culture. That. Yeah, really cool. So we talked, he, he did one on um, uh, South Korea and how South Korea is one of the fastest cultures to jump on trends and how that is also seen and then reflected in their food world. So if you go to a um, like food carts in South Korea, you can get some of the most interesting and unique foods because they'll take things that are popular in a bunch of other countries and do their own unique take on it. But the most recent episode was on Peru, which I just got back from, and salt. And he interviewed some of these salt miners because they have the pink salt in Peru that is very popular and also very expensive if you buy them in the States. And he's interviewing these salt miners who are these old you know, mountain people who like live these humble lives and are making almost nothing. And he asked him, do you know how much this one bottle sells for in the United States? And they were like, I, I don't know, $2, 3 He's like, no, this sells for about $12. And if you look at how much money they're getting paid, they're probably getting paid something like $0.05 cents for that jar that's mm-hmm. then – and they don't make – and just to hear the man like real that moment where he found out that this is how much they're – they're selling his product for in the United States. And his response was one of the most humble things I've ever heard. He said, you know, like they always pay us on time and they always pay us well. And we live a humble life and I take care of my family. And this is like part of our tradition and we've been doing these things. So like, I don't care if they were to sell it for $1 or they were to sell it for a hundred dollars. It wouldn't change our life here at all. And I was just like, wow, that's very this guy's biblical. got his priorities. In. Well, that's a biblical concept of like, there was a parable in the Bible about, mm-hmm. let's say you're the owner and you own a vineyard and you hire one guy and you say, I'll pay you $20 a day. 
And he says, okay, and he starts working. And then you hire another person, and you say, I'll pay you $50 a day. And he says, okay, and starts working. Mm -hmm. And then they talk to each other and find out what each other makes. And then the $20 guy comes up and says, that's BS. You are giving him $50 a day. And the vineyard owner says, well, you agreed to 20 so oh, it's the exact same thing. And I mean, it's kind of like does that, that end in the Bible. Just that you have, if you agree to something, then yeah, that's your, you can't be mad if someone gets more than you for something. This man was a perfect definition of how you should be in that moment. Do you remember, this was probably like way before your time, but when I was young, I remember reading about a guy who had a yard sale and he sold, um, a print in a frame for like $2. And then the person that bought it found the con- the declaration of independence underneath it. Yeah. I re- Oh my God. I'm getting chills. I remember that. And yeah. it was behind the frame. Yeah. Yes. And he <gasps> sold it. F- oh, I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> because like talk about that feeling of remorse of like regret. Yeah. So he sold it then of course for whoever, I, I don't know, a hundred thousand uh, dollars, whatever. And, they interviewed the original owner, and he was like, I'm not upset. I got $2. Like, I, it's $2 more than I had. Like, he was a really cool... Because most people would have what you're describing, regret. Well, you know where that makes me think of uh, the complete flip side of that. Have you heard of the story about the Victoria's Secret guy? <laughs> no. No. This is so, the saddest thing ever. What? So Victoria's Secret was started by... I'm pretty, it, it was a man, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So it was a man who had this idea about how to, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like 99% sure it was a dude. Um, <laughs> it was definitely a woman. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it was because the long story short is his, the business was bought right before it blew up and it was failing. And what was failing? Victoria's Secret. Was bought, yes, and he ended up committing suicide. Oh, my God. Because he felt like he gave up something that then turned into a multi-billion dollar industry that it's it's one of the saddest stories of um, somebody letting go of a company and, ugh, I wish I knew all the details. So Victoria's Secret is Is, poor business mm -hmm. models. Yes. Oh my god. Uh uh suicide. Let's see what I can. What do you think you saying suicide makes me wonder. What do you think about trigger warnings? Uh like what do I think about in yeah, why the man behind Victoria's Secret killed himself? What where is that? In the mid 1970s. No, no, what what where is the source so I can oh, buy the newsletter? Elite Daily. This is I'll I'll just me- message you. They have a whole bunch of stuff um on it and it just says there wasn't a single place where a man could buy lingerie to not be made to feel like a deviant and he wanted to change that he wanted to create a place where a classy lingerie place where men could feel comfortable shopping and it was a perfect time as the 50s and 60s where women's underwear wasn't designed to be sexy and he started including sexy lingerie into this that men and women could feel comfortable buying or whatever and then yeah Wow. I'll let you read the rest. But. All right. Oh my God, that's so interesting. Yep. 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, well, I know I, I think I said this earlier, but I can't remember if you answered. Do you, are you pro or anti trigger warnings? <sighs> I, you know what's funny is like there. I feel like it almost depends on the scenario, because Why? I mean, isn't trigger warning so like the uh, in essence you're trying to prepare anybody in the crowd f- who may have had a traumatic experience with whatever the subject is that you're talking about, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah, but can... like, can't you say that about like this pen that I'm holding right here? Like, right. You know, maybe you're saying, okay, well, we're going to talk about something like sexual abuse so that, like, a lot of people have had an experience like that. Yeah. But I I kind of say yes when we're talking about a subject like sexual abuse. But then I was watching, you know how I love to watch those ASMR videos of, like, mm-hmm. relaxation things? Yeah. There was one where they were, sometimes they do weird things like cut kinetic sand or, like, play with slime, you know, that, like, yeah. gooey stuff. And in the description, it said, kinetic sand, like, slicing, trigger warning, knife trigger warning, like, using a knife in there. I'm like, really? Is that? And then I watched it. I'm like, it's like somebody, like, watching somebody cut, slice a piece of bread. Or Play-Doh or something. Or Play-Doh. Yeah. And it wasn't even, like, she was using a butcher knife or, like, one (laughs) dripped in blood. You know? It was, like, one of those plastic Play-Doh ones that, it was just bizarre to me. So there I'm like, oh, that's weird. But then I had a uh, police chief come into my classroom and talk about, it was a um, public mental health was the class. And he oh, was, this was recently. This was just I was thinking um, like, like two in months ago or something. Uh, and he came in and the, my professor just said that somebody was going to talk to us about the experience of first responders and the mental health care of first responders. Yeah. He came in and shared, like, horror stories. And I was bawling, <laughs> bawling. And the whole time, like, I left, and I mean, jokingly, I, after the class was done, and, like, I'm sobbing, I had to get up at a point because it was too close to me because he was talking about firefighters and a firefighter that was close to him who became addicted to prescription pills and then ended up committing suicide. And it was just so sad. And my brother and I, I was just like, I had to leave. And I jokingly at the end of the class, but also not jokingly, I was like, this should have come with a trigger warning. But then I was like, damn, I really wish my professor would have said like, Hey, we're going to be talking about some, you know, but well, then that's the job I signed that's up for. What I'm thinking is you like, know, so uh, you can't ask for trigger warnings from your patients, right. I guess. Of course not. That's what's weird. Like for me, and I, I know some people re- really not like this, but I've always thought trigger warnings were ridiculous mm-hmm. because you know, no matter if you've had trauma, which mm-hmm. most people have had something, I just. I can't relate to the idea that if somebody said trigger warning first, then I'd be okay. No, you're not. Or that I would be like, well, I can't hear this information. It would always make me like, be like, well, now I got to hear it. (laughs) You've piqued my interest. Yeah. I just don't get it. But but like anytime you're in a group, like um, there's this beauty group I'm in 
on Facebook and they're super into trigger warnings, like especially what? especially um, eating disorder stuff. Like I've lost a lot of weight, you know, so they'll do a trigger warning about eating disorder before they talk about how they lost weight. And I think that's so sensitive and such an, a lovely sentiment. But for me, I just, I don't get it. And you know what? Now that I think of it, I don't like that either because why don't you, okay, ready get for this to get an explicit uh, uh, label? Why don't you just go slap a motherfucking explicit warning off of every single uh, Glamour magazine and Vogue magazine? Because I look at all those skinny models in there. And if I were somebody who, well, I did when I was younger have, you know, struggle with different eating, you know, I kind of like tried on every, like, tried out different eating disorders, you know? I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll try being anorexic. Oh, that doesn't work. Oh, I'll try being... And I'm not making a joke of this at all because it was something that I really, really did did struggle with and I was looking for some sort of fix. And I absolutely would imagine that, like, or even to this day, I look at pictures of, like, skinny models and you just have to get to a place in your mind through, like, your own healing where maybe that doesn't affect you. I, I don't mean, understand what it means to be Maybe triggered. I don't either, yeah. Because lots of things bother me. Yeah. But I don't know. Does being triggered in that parlance mean something else? You know what this makes me think of? Ammo in the elimination. Yeah. Right. I get that. So maybe that's like... Where it triggers something that then you you have like an anxiety attack or something. Yeah. Or Um, like say you were... Uh, you know, a veteran, and you. I, I get that. Saw a movie, you know. Okay, so I should take it back then. I yeah. do understand that idea of being triggered. I don't think trigger warnings are necessary or even helpful. Um, and it probably wouldn't change the fact that in that situation with the ammo, for example, mm-hmm. you know, he would probably do it anyway, even if they're like this right. involves. Whatever BDSM simulation, or oh, yeah. you know, he right. probably be like, yeah, because you go. never know. Exactly, that's the whole. Yeah, you're totally right. Nobody can predict what is going to send them you into know a what? meltdown. And I think back, and I'm sure that she would. She talks about it herself, so I know she would be comfortable with me sharing this. Angela Rose, she's the founder of this organization called Pave, which is promoting awareness and victim empowerment, and she speaks all over the country. She was there. Um, with the victims at the Cosby trial, like in support of them. And she did this whole project or started this whole art installation. I would say maybe about eight years ago, uh, where she took zip ties and wrote a word of inspiration on the zip tie and strung them all together and created this huge um, installation piece. And she chose a zip tie because she was kidnapped and she was held and bound with the zip tie and she went into a like a uh, drugstore one day or a hardware store and saw zip ties and was triggered yeah. and she said that will not control me anymore yeah. i'm changing that around i'm turning it into a message of hope i'm going to take those zip ties we're writing you know words of empowerment on them mm-hmm. and this does not control me anymore so she had to like and so maybe triggers like when you do find and i think we were just talking about this in an episode just last week about how noticing like somatic symptoms and being able to recognize when you feel a symptom and and how to handle like that emotion 
I think it's the same thing with these trigger, like recognize what is a trigger. And then if you know that that's work on making it so that's not a trigger anymore. Yeah. Instead of just avoiding things. Because if you live your life by avoiding things, that's not living life. Or more importantly, making everyone else around you alert everyone else about whatever the thing is, eating disorders mm-hmm. or rape or uh, sexual abuse and, you know, whatever, families. I don't know. I just, I, and I don't mean to be insensitive. Anybody yeah. that does have things that trigger them, like, I, I am empathetic about mm-hmm. that. It's. A, I'm just debating the idea of a trigger warning and how effective or not they are. That's a good point. It's inter- it would be interesting to see how effective... And it's a slippery slope, as you said, about right. the pen. It's like everything is a trigger for somebody. Correct. So are we just supposed to do it for these, yeah. you know, the biggies, the old rape and whatever? Or are we <sighs> supposed to do it for literally our entire show? Every oh single God, episode everything. has probably <laughs> triggered somebody. But I don't know. I just think it's an interesting conversation, one that I'm open to. I can be Clowns? Convinced. I mean, you can go. Clowns! That's so true. A right? lot of people are really scared of clowns. Yeah. And like people on the challenge, who's that one that's scared of ketchup? Jemmy. I mean, she has a real fear. A phobia. Right. Yeah. Has she ever eaten it like on accident? Oh, I don't know. Wonder what I'm hers. Not, what's not. that from? Did she ever? She went on uh, some doctor show. Oh my God. Dr. Phil. Phil, Oz, or Drew, one of the or the doctors. It might have been the doc. I don't know somebody. Well, what? Well, where, what's I, I, the I, origin I, story? I don't remember. I just, I have no idea. I didn't even see the episode. I just remember her being on there. If she's ever on Fifteen Minutes of Blame, I will definitely be talking definitely. about definitely condiments. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say condoms, which is a subject <laughs> that probably would also come up in a conversation we'd have with anybody on Fifteen Minutes of Blame. Uh, all right, that's all for now. Don't forget to subscribe and yeah. to, um, you know, tell a friend. Oh, I like that one. Do you? Tell two. Yeah. <laughs> Tag us and stuff. We love that. See you next time. Bye.